Let's go ahead and open up. Jesus, Lord, we're so grateful, we're so thankful for um, what you've done, Lord, that we um, can worship you and pray night and day, Lord, and that you've given us this space and given us uh, hungry people. And Lord, we just ask you for the increase because I just believe we're in a new season and I believe you want us to ask for the increase because it's a new season. So, Lord, we do just ask you for the increase, Lord. We ask you for the increase of uh, people who desire to pray a lot for the Marys, the Simeons, the Annas. God, we ask you for the musicians, the singers, Lord, the worship leaders, the sound techs, Lord. Um, people who just want to be in the room adoring you. We ask you for the adorers, ones who want to sit at the foot of the cross and just thank you for what you've done. And Lord, we just pray for those people. God, we, we pray that you would draw them here and that this room would become a burning furnace where the incense would go up night and day. Lord, let it be, God, let it be a burning furnace, a burning furnace, Lord, where you would be adored where your name would be lifted up, your name would be exalted, and it would go around the clock on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, even in, in a humble way, Lord, even with people who are not perfect musicians, yet they have a heart to love you and worship you. God, we're asking you, let this be a burning furnace. Night and day, God, that night and any time, night or day, people could come in and engage with you in the place of worship, in the place of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm sorry, I should have made more notes, but um, hopefully you have them here. This is the fourth message on the Work of the Holy Spirit series that I'm in for this summer. And so I'm going to do just a brief review at the beginning and then I'll get into some new material. Um, so the brief review is that um, what the Holy Spirit does is he wants to reproduce Jesus in us. We're to become little Christs on the earth, right? That he would live his life in us and through us to the world around us, to our sphere, in our unique way. because. We each have a unique personality, and yet the Lord is like, I want to live my life through the facet of you. You know, like if each of us are a different jewel, right, in the Lord's crown, we each have a different facet, different way to express him, but he still wants to live his life in us and through us. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is about. When we get born again, he comes to live inside of us, and then he begins that work. And there are many Bible verses. I only put one down. I keep making the review shorter to make more space for the new material. But we know some of the verses. Um, Romans 8, 29, we, we've been predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, right? He wants to make us look like him, you know? And then, of course, Apostle Paul, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. That's a very strong statement. 
It's Christ who lives in me. Paul said, I don't even live anymore. I am dead. And that's what he wants to do in us. He wants to cause us to be dead, right, to ourselves, that he could manifest himself in us and through us. That is what the Holy Spirit is all about. He wants to reproduce Jesus in us and through us. Um, he's the great artist of the soul, right? And so Jesus is the ideal. He is the masterpiece. He is the one with whom the Father is well pleased. And so that's what he's, it's like, it's all about. He wants to make us exactly like the, you know, it takes a master artist to reproduce, right? This master ideal, which is Jesus. That's, that's more than just the Lord putting a little anointing on us so we can have a ministry. It's way beyond that. Most of us kind of settle for, Lord, just give me a little power. I heal the sick a little bit, right? Answer some prayers. He wants to do way more than that. And um, so that's why I wanted to spend time on this message to just really look at some of this. Um, Roman numeral two, the three theological virtues, they call them faith, hope, and love, okay? These are the things that last forever. They're the roadmap to the fullness of Christ in us. And um, they propel us in this life to give our heart without reservation. So they propel us in wholeheartedness. So how do they do that? Well, faith is the way we see. <laughs> you know, so in the age to come, we're going to see him face to face, right? We will see him. But we don't see him like that right now. How do we see him right now? Through eyes of faith. That's how we see him. So faith is our sight on this side. And that's why sometimes we call it dark faith because it's not face to face. We don't see him face to face. We see, we believe, right? And then we act on that belief. That's faith. And the thing that's pretty awesome about that is the Lord's really pleased with faith. And actually, without faith, it's impossible to please him on this side. Because you have to have faith and believe in order to come to him and ask him for things. And when we have that faith, he's like, wow, you believe even though you don't see. You know, like he said, uh, when, you know, when Thomas had to like see, right, the wounds and all of that. And the Lord let him do that. He let him handle and see his wounds. And he, he said... You believe because you see, but blessed are those who, who haven't seen, right, and will believe. So faith is super important. So that's one of the main virtues that we need to cultivate, right? And it goes exactly opposite of what our flesh wants to do, which is unbelief. We, it's so easy to get into unbelief. And, and the Lord's like, reject that. Break that off. Break agreement with unbelief and move forward in faith. And I know I've been tested in this season with this very thing, having faith and belief. I've been so tested in this because when you look in the natural, it just, everything looks hard. <laughs> and it's hard. And it's so easy to look at yourself and go, wow. You know, I can't do much, blah, blah, blah. You get down on yourself. You get in these negative thought patterns or whatever. And then pretty soon you're just down in this discouragement pile. <laughs> and 
the Lord's like, don't do that. Look at me because when you look at me, I can do all things, right? It's him that does it, not us. So when we look at ourselves, we are going to get discouraged. We look at him, we can get confidence and move forward in faith. And so with the prayer room, this is a regular exercise because we don't ever really have a lot of people in here. You know, like tonight, we're, tonight's a banner night. We've got most chairs filled up, you know? <laughs> Still just a few of us, right? So we do a lot of things by faith. What we, how can we keep going 15 years? We can keep going because the word says incense will go up in every place and a pure offering. We are right in the will of God in doing this. That is so powerful. So we keep, so we keep going. We're putting the flag up on this. We're going to keep going. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. We're going to keep going. Because this is what the Lord said he's going to do. So we're joining in what he's doing even before it's a popular thing, right? And even though, you know, what, maybe 20 years ago there weren't hardly any houses of prayer that I knew, you know, that were very known anyways. There probably was some. But now in the earth there's probably in the tens of thousands maybe, I'm guessing, on that number. But that's still relatively small. That's not every place incense going up. And we don't really see the prayer culture much happening in the church at large, right? We still see, let's do an event, let's do a service. And all those things are good, but where is the prayer culture? That's what I think needs, the transition needs to happen to the prayer culture at some point, right? So um, moving on to hope. Okay, hope is super important because it's our support. It's the polar opposite of discouragement, which is where we tend to go. We tend to land because why? Because we're looking at ourselves. It's discouraging if we're trying to do anything and we're looking at ourselves to be able to accomplish that thing, right? We can't do it. it God, this is what's crazy. God gives us callings that we can't do. You know, he calls us to something and we can't do it. Why? Because only he can do it. <laughs> so it forces us into this leaning on our beloved, you know. I have to lean into Christ. Or there's no way I could do this. And so, but it can be very discouraging if for a moment you think, i got to do this. God's called me to it. And then we just start pedaling on the bike or whatever in our own strength. And we get burnout out so quick. But when we're looking at him, it's like, no, Christ is doing this. So we, got, we have to get our strength from him. Um, when we look at him and we see how much he loves us and how pleased he is with us, even in our feeble efforts, right, we get confident. We get more and more confident. Um, so hope is super important in combating the attack of the enemy. Because the enemy constantly wants to discourage us, wants to put us under like condemnation, um, all of those things. And hope is what gets us out of that. So it is our one of our main um, weapons is to hope in God because he has it. Okay, D, 
love. Of course, this is the greatest one of all because God is love. Um, the measure of love in a soul is the measure in which we possess the Spirit of God. Okay, The more that we get taken over by Holy Spirit, the more we're going to manifest love. Loving God is the first and greatest commandment. It's the plumb line. Um, that's why in here we want to establish the plumb line. Why, why do I say plumb line? Plumb line is the vertical, right? In a construction, when you're building a building, the first thing you do is you establish a vertical. Because if you don't establish that vertical line, your foundation is going to be off. So Zechariah chapter 4, which is the context of building the house of prayer, they're rebuilding the temple in Zechariah 4. What does he say? He said, the Lord says, I rejoice to see the plumb line, the vertical line established. That's the very beginning. Nothing's even been built yet. All that's happened is we've established vertical. And so that's the first thing that needs to happen in every prayer room and really in every place, in every place where incense is going to go up. It's the establishment of first commandment in first place. It's the plumb line. The first commandment must be in first place. When the first commandment is in first place, second commandment is going to explode. But if you try to do second commandment without first commandment, your foundation's gonna be off. You're gonna be in your own strength. It's not gonna have the fruitfulness that it could have, right? So we have to establish the plumb line, the vertical. Um, and that is the, the, the first and greatest commandment. Okay, if we would love, we would have extraordinary power. Okay, so it's just, it's an overcoming. It helps us to overcome everything. When we are filled with the love of God, you can really overcome all obstacles. Um, okay, Roman number three, the Holy Spirit possesses us. Okay, this next section, which I went into last week, it goes to, love goes two ways, right? He possesses us and we possess him. Um, and then what, how does he possess us? Well, there's three ways and it's, it's like what I have on page, is it two? Page two is um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's like three different ways in which the Lord possesses us and for the sake of time I'm not going to go into those but it's there for you so you can take home on your on your notes um, that was pretty much last week's message um, number four we possess the Holy Spirit so not only does the Holy Spirit possess us but we also possess him and so that word possess is used in it I'm using it in a positive way like Song of Songs, my lover belongs to me and I belong to him. You know, in John 17, the Lord says, and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine. You know, this is what he wants. This is what the Lord's after ultimately is this union with his bride. It's all coming down to a wedding. You know, and Jason talked about that last night. Creation started with the wedding. It's going to end with the wedding. It's all coming down to a wedding. And this union, he wants us to have this union with him so much. He desires that for us so, so much. Um, and this is how he's going about doing it. It's um, 
Let's look at paragraph B. The nature of love is mutual possession. One cannot possess, right, without being possessed. He's not only the director of our souls, right? He is the gift from the Father to us that we might possess this holy gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is manifest in the believer's life in proportion to the laying down of one's life and surrender to him. The mutual possession is the great exchange, our life for his, our will for his will, our heart of misery for his heart of an ending love. <laughs> right? It's a good deal for us. We can give him all of our misery and he will give us himself in fullness. You can't go wrong with that. Why do we want to hold on to our misery? And yet most of us are holding on, clinging to it, right? <laughs> All right, page three. I'm going to start getting into the overview of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I'm referring to are the ones out of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Um, let's see. See how much I'm going to do in here at 30 and quarter to 8. Um, okay, I'll just say this. You know, in becoming a, a human, Jesus took into himself, right, the whole human race. He basically joined us to himself by becoming human. That's so crazy. God becoming man. I mean, just thinking about the incarnation for a minute, I'll bring socket in our brain blows up because we can't fathom that right um, so let's see to sanctify souls is to bring into completeness Jesus it's a consummation of love a joining in union so just the fact that he like calls us the body of Christ right if he's the head and we're the body we are in that place, the working out of him in the earth. We are the body, the hands, the feet, and we're in union with him. So um, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so how does he do this sanctification in us? There's really like two ways. Um, the first way is the Holy Spirit moves us, right? He directs us. He helps us in such a way that we're actually doing it. In other words, he puts like his destiny in us, right? It's our glory to seek that out in God and go after that in the Lord, right? He's given us this wonderful gift of freedom to make choices to run after him. So on the one hand, there's the we do things, right? Um, these, are these are called the acquired virtues, okay? So when we get born again, we acquire virtues. We have grace on our lives to acquire good habits. Like we might not have had very good habits before, but when we, when we first get saved, there's grace by the Holy Spirit to acquire good habits, to read our Bibles, to pray, to do these things, right? And we can establish good habits. Those are called acquired virtues, and they're in the grace of God, but they're things that we do. But then there's a point in our in our growth, in our relationship in God, where that is not enough to bring us to Christ in us. That's not enough to bring us to the Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live. Okay, We need the infused virtues. That's where the Holy Spirit does a work. 
that's supernatural. It's like a habitation. And it goes beyond just the good habits. Um, let's see how I put it here. The second way is to actually, he infuses us with his supernatural abilities to perform a work that we could not do ourselves. It's beyond directing us. It's a habitation that manifests in us and through us. Okay, so they're both, there's, they're both and. Um, in regard to the first way, when we get born again, right, we, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. With grace comes the virtues. We learn how to destroy the old man, right, with its lust, pride, selfish ambitions. God gives us a new nature. Um, in regard to the second way, the advancement into holiness, there comes a time when the virtues um, alone are not enough. We need the infused virtues. Okay, the work of the infusion is a sevenfold fullness of the Holy Spirit spoken of in Isaiah 11, 2. Okay, so let's go to the last page, and I'll hit this really quickly, and then I'll land it here. Um, and the Isaiah 11, 2, um, I'll just say this real quick. There's four verses that are really important and they're not on your notes so if you have a pen write these down because they go together the first one is revelation 5 6 where it says i looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of god sent out into all the earth okay those seven spirits of god which is fullness holy spirit are listed in isaiah 11 2. that's your second verse to write down isaiah 11 2. um so i have that in your notes here and i have it in two different versions because um these can be translated in different ways so um my new king james says the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of the knowledge of god and the fear of the lord okay the catholic public domain version because um, i'm reading in this one catholic book it's really deep in this stuff says and the spirit of the lord will rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and fortitude the spirit of knowledge and piety and he will be filled with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So it can be translated the spirit of the knowledge of God, or it could be translated the spirit of the knowledge of God and the spirit of godliness. So the seven spirits of God are basically wisdom, understanding, which could be revelation, counsel and might, or fortitude, knowledge and piety so knowledge piety is godliness and the fear of the lord so um anyways the revelation 5 6 is super important because these seven spirits like when we are gazing at god in the prayer room and we are giving him our time our attention what is he doing okay here's the third verse to write down second chronicles 16 9 the eyes of the Lord, right, these seven eyes, they search to and fro throughout the whole earth, right, that they might strongly support those hearts that are given over to him. 
how does he strongly support those hearts given over to him? He sends out, Revelation 5, 6, his sevenfold spirit. In other words, he infuses these gifts of the Holy Spirit. He sends them out, but he sends them out only to those who are in that place, positioned, readied, looking at him. And his eyes are searching for those ones. And when he sees them, he's like, I don't just look at you. I send out. And I'm going to infuse my sevenfold fullness into you. So powerful, right? And so the, the fourth verse, really important, Zechariah 4, chapter 10. I'm, I'm sorry, 4, verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. What's the third verse? Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might strongly support those hearts given over to him. So all these go together. So Zechariah 4.10, and this is so powerful because it's in the context of building the house of prayer. Okay, the temple is called the house of prayer in the Bible. So in that context, when they're going to rebuild the temple, what does he say in Zechariah 4.10? He rejoices to see the plumb line, the vertical line, right? And it talks about the eyes of the Lord. These eyes rejoice to see the plumb line. Let me go to it. Um, here it is. For who has despised the day of small things? This is a great verse for house of prayer. <laughs> right? For these seven, right? They're the eyes of the Lord. These are the seven eyes. Again, these seven rejoice to see the plumb line, the beginning of global prayer is what I say. The beginning of the house of prayer, right? And we know house of prayer is going to go global. He rejoices to see the beginning of this. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. So what does he want to do? He wants to empower those who are building his house of prayer. Yeah, that's why we can get the fullness of Holy Spirit, the sevenfold fullness, and carry out what he's doing in the earth, which is what is he what is he doing? He's building house of prayer globally. That is what he's doing because and there's so many other verses on this on how prayer is going to go global before he returns. But that is what he's doing. And so when we are positioning ourselves in a house of prayer, no matter how small, right, he rejoices to see the beginning. And we're looking at him, we are so positioned to receive fullness of Holy Spirit and receive these infused virtues, these gifts that he gives us to carry out his work. That is so powerful. So I'm going to close on this. Um, the first three, and I'm going to hit next week, I'm going to hit the, the four um, other ones. But the first three have to do with, okay, if you think about our soul, right? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So the first three um, gifts I'm going to go into are the ones that fear of the Lord, divine might, and the spirit of godliness or piety. Those three order our soul, our affectivities, our affections, our emotions, particularly like the fear of the Lord and fortitude order our emotions, um, godliness orders our will, and um, our mind gets ordered by the other four that I'm going to talk about next week, which are wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. 
So when you think about it, you're like, our spirit needs to become united with God's spirit, and then that needs to be the strongest part of us. That needs to rule over our soul. We do not want our soul ruling, because our soul is mostly full of ourselves. <laughs> that needs to die. We need to die to a lot of things in our soul. So we need these gifts to order, to put into order our, um, into order under the spirit that lives in us. The spirit of God in us, it needs to come into order. So these gifts help order that. And so then I just kind of go into it. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, real quickly, it's not a fear of punishment nor servile fear out of fear of being punished. This is a fear that actually comes out of love. Okay, the fear that comes with love is that of being separated from the beloved. When you love someone so much, you do not want to be separated from them. And when we love God with all of our heart, we do not want to sin because sin separates us from God, right? When we love God that much, it like, there's a fear of the Lord of, I don't want to do anything to grieve you, God. Lord, I don't want to do anything that grieves you because I don't want to be separated from you. I'm not talking about eternal separation, but you know what I mean. When we sin and we grieve the Holy Spirit, something comes between me and God in that relationship, and we're not living in that um, deep intimacy that we're meant to. So that's fear of the Lord. Um, divine might or fortitude is the gift of the Holy Spirit whereby the soul can overcome difficulties without number. It gives strength to persevere against all odds. It gives confidence in the midst of persecution. Okay, that's a gift from the Lord. Um, it's where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the gift of fortitude. Okay, and the spirit of godliness or piety is the gift inspired by the spirit of adoption by which we call God Abba, our own father. Um, the spirit of godliness develops that filial affection toward God as father. It causes us to, to want God to be rightly honored, to want him to be rightly adored, to be worshipped. Um, it's out of this that a verse like 2 Corinthians 12, 15, you know, where Paul says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved, right? But it's that spirit of piety that causes you to want to be completely spent for God. So that is just a really quick, um, a really quick definition of those first three gifts that order the affectivities in us. Our emotions and our will order them to God. It's those in those first three gifts. Next week we'll hit that a little bit more and then we'll also talk about the four ones that are more in the intellect, wisdom, knowledge, um, understanding. What's the fourth one? Counsel. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry, I went on way too long. But questions or reflections or something that hit you or something that um, that you want to throw out there is. Any response? Yes? I have a slight uh, expansion. I was looking at 